Right, so we're about to um, launch ourselves uh, into side two of The Key by Nocturnus. Um, and I think at the end of side one, um, at the end of cycle one, or uh, the end of the first four episodes, I think it's worth recapping the story so far. So what we've learned is that um, heaven has been destroyed by Satan. <laughs> Who else? Um, then we, 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 we meet a character who is peering into a crystal ball and very politely asking questions of the dead. Um, he's not demanding that the dead give up their secrets uh, or invoking. Or he's, he's, he's asking questions. Um, and then we have a, a bit of an aside. And I assume this is a consequence of the invasion and destruction of heaven by Satan. Because um, we, we, we can't say that frequently enough. Mm. Heaven has been destroyed by Satan. Um, and there's some sort of ecological catastrophe. Um, it says the ground starts to freeze and some animals have moved to the sea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lovely. Um, so, so, so that's where we're at. Is, is that yeah. the end of the trail so far, Doc? I think it is. I, I, right. I think that's pretty much what's happened. Yeah. So that's where we're at. And then we're going to move on to track one, side two, which is, of course, BCAD. Here we go. highly redolent of something to me doc it is this a reprise of the intro to lake of fire or is this something that morbid angel did that just sounds very very similar um i would say yes to both mm. um i uh at the outrage of my pretentiousness um i would say this is um the thing that comes at the start of side one um, is an overture mm -hmm. and um i think this is a variation Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it definitely sounded familiar, and I presumed it was, you know, Lake of Fire. I, did, I imagine they're about to kick into some death metal now, aye, aye. Let's find out. <laughs> love those keys in the background those real sinister sounding just keyboard stabs that's absolutely fantastic 
Um, I love all of it all the way through mm. in three mm. verses and one chorus. You've got proper Florida death metal. Then you've got some proper thrash. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got, by the standards of 1990, uh, what I'm going to call future death. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically what death metal was going to sound like two years after this album was released. Yeah, and they, and they dropped a bit of groove as well at one point, didn't they? There was some real, you know, maybe 80 bars of groove in there as well, just for good measure. Well, uh, they, they turned the bass up as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I think that's, that's a big part of it. Let's press on. just such a riff it's absolutely fantastic augmented with those keys absolutely brilliant doc do you perceive a bit of bolt thrower in there in that chorus well in the pace would you call that the chorus it's really hard with nocturnes to like define the verses and choruses or bridges because the whole thing is just also over the place yeah um so it's it's two lines that get repeated twice and they get repeated twice i think at two or three different points in the song so i think that's as close as we get to the the catchy chorus mate yeah yeah um bolt thrower i mean i see what i mean just based on the pace um well, both are a, a funny band, though, aren't they because you know the, 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 their first couple of albums were so kind of frantic and growing corey and then, they, you know, with, from Warmaster onwards, they really slowed everything down. And this is kind of somewhere in between those two phases of Bolt Thrower. Definitely. Um, Bolt Thrower are interesting. It seems to me that they evaluated their first two albums and they decided that by far the best part out of either of them was the first minute and a half of World Eater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a truth. And then they basically went, right, that's what we're going to do for the rest of our career. Yeah, yeah. And, and they certainly did to great effect. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
they could just play that all night long, Doc, and I would be happy as a pig in shit. Um, yeah, absolutely. The one thing that I think elevates Nocturnus amongst their peers, even at this stage, so I, I think at this point, this is before Morbid Angel had really taken wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that really elevates Nocturnus is this ability to identify the parts of their tracks that are good and yeah. groove on those for a, a good, mm-hmm. long, satisfying time. I'm just checking the, um, just doing a bit of on-the-fly um, encyclopedia, Metallum research here, just checking the dates. Because um, not this album was 1990. Let's pull up Morbid Angel's page here. Odds of Madness, Doc, it predates it, you know. Odds of Madness was 1989. Yeah, but um, I never think of like the the real Morbid Angel taking flight until Blessed Are the Sick. That's true, and and that is a year later, of course. That's ninety one. And I do take your point. I think real purists love Ultra Madness, but I agree with you. You know, if I'm in the mood for for, for Morbid Angel, I'm reaching for either their B, C, or D album, basically. Yeah. So you and I end up discussing this a lot about how much more slowly culture seems to move in the the twenty first century compared to the last century, mm-hmm. and. If you look, even these couple of years, 89 to 91, the, the landscape of even a comparatively small scene, the landscape of death metal changes completely in those two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the autumn of 1991 is full of albums that couldn't even have been imagined in the spring of 1989. Which is explain that, absolutely Doc? unbelievable to me. How do you explain that, Doc? I think it's just one of those things that, happens and to get Lovecraftian about it when 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 the stars are aligned sure mm-hmm. um sometimes not for any particular reason um there's there's a combination of shall we say very often that there's some kind of liberalizing influence in society in general that makes people feel free to express something that they weren't able to before very often there's a new piece of technology um very often you'll just get a bunch of like-minded people in the same place at the same time and 
we've fuffled around this previously, but it's still, once again, almost imaginable to me that the relatively small town of Tampa should like produce so many unbelievably good death metal musicians. Yeah, great verb, fuffled, by the way. Do you think in this, you know, this period, 89 to 91, um, and maybe I'll stretch that to maybe 95, um, was it easier for like an underground alternative extreme band to actually make the breakthrough than, than it is today, just because of the, just, just the sheer volume of crap that's out there today? And I don't mean crap as in everything that's made today is crap. I just mean literally, literally, there's just so much bloody stuff. There was partly, um, there was a real underground that was actually underground in those days. If you wanted the hot new shit, you had to go looking for it. Yeah. Um, the Seensters who turned out to all, to, to all the live shows, uh, like the cool guys who you wanted to get close to and you, you, you wanted to like get their phone number. They were not necessarily the people who had a band. They might have been like the guys who had a fanzine or the guys who had a tape distro. And, you know, there'd be like one guy who was the Brazilian black metal guy. Mm. And he had a cousin who lived in Brazil or something. And he was constantly getting all of the new demo tapes, which he would dupe off for you for 50 pence and the cost of a blank set. So distro being he was like a, a shortening of distribution. Yeah, and uh, yeah. even that's a pretentious word. It was nothing like an organised distribution network. This guy had a means of getting underground demo tapes from mm. some foreign country yeah. um, and would whack out copies for people. Mm. Um, and so he was a cool guy. And then there, there was another guy who spoke German really well or who spoke Norwegian and he had a fanzine and he could get all of these interviews with all of these bands. Now imagine he was the funny asshole. He most definitely was the yeah. funny asshole. Mm -hmm. He was the guy who would say he was the guy who would say funny asshole things like, "I can't stand Finnish people; they have no sense of humor." <laughs> That's right. Of course, yes, yes. And that brings to mind that great uh, Blackadder line. You know, famed in Germany for having a terrible sense of humour. And as you can imagine, <laughs> that's up against some pretty stiff competition. <laughs> very, very funny. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that guy was definitely the funny asshole. So the, there was an underground which existed, and there were roles in the underground which people seemed willing to fill. Um, so, I mean, the, the guy you always wanted the chance to talk to was, for instance, like um, Satbel Kalsi, who ran Steady Diet fanzine. And then Emma and her friends who did Gusset fanzine. And these are tiny little fanzines out of like Worcestershire and Redditch and places like this. Mm -hmm. um, but they were the people, they were the explorers that, that, that they were like the people who went into the forest of the underground and they would haul round every live show in their little town and watch everything and listen to every demo tape that anyone ever bothered to send. And they, they weren't, they weren't tastemakers so much as curators. And I think they saw their role as someone sent me this demo tape. The very least I can do is to tell people that this demo tape exists. Sure. And the, the reviews that they wrote up in their fanzine were often disparaging. Um, naturally, none of these people felt any obligation to be objective or journalistic. Um, but you very often find a review. Uh, this is one of my favourites. Um, and I think the, the band was called like Necrotopic Endoplasm or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the review went something like, ksh, ksh, 
Rog, rog, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, you know the rest. One of my favourite reviews, I can't even remember the source actually, but he just says, it felt like ripping out my spleen, full stop, and not in a good way, full stop. And that was the whole review. I thought it was absolutely marvellous. Um, Ian Glasper was always legendary for his um, his review zingers. Um, there's one where he described Glenn Benton as vocals like a coprophiliac bringing his lunch up. <laughs> oh, God, uh, what an image. <laughs> Gross. Here we go. <laughs> So there we go. That's BCAD. What do you make of that, Doc? I thought it was bloody awesome. It's a fantastic track. Uh, yeah. It's a great side to opener. Yeah. Um, I'm going to backtrack just for a second because there's something that's just popped into my head and I want to ask you about it. Um, we we're just talking about the old underground scene, fanzines and stuff like this. Did you hit, because I never heard of what I'm about to describe. It, it must have existed. I'm convinced it must have existed. And I want to know why it was never a more popular thing to do. Did you ever hear of anyone doing pretty much what we're doing now, but on cassette tapes? No, certainly not. No, not at all. Um, I, I, I think like the process that, 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 that we're going through with Slayer is very much a podcast phenomena. I can't think of an equivalent before the arrival of podcasts. Now, you know, I listen to plenty of podcasts and a big chunk of them are, you know, kind of either retrospectives or kind of chronological workings through of a particular product of media. You know, examples would be, you know, I'm currently listening to a Seinfeld podcast called The Seincast um a tn a, a star trek next generation one called star trek the next conversation a deep space nine one a Battlestar galactica one you know pretty much anything that's out there where <clears throat> you know you either listen to it or watch it in some kind of order there is a show out there a podcast out there that's reflecting that and and, and kind of doing an episode by episode by episode retelling of it really or analysis of it but before podcast, I just don't think I don't think the principle, the concept, really existed. Um, I absolutely agree with everything you just said, and I've even got a theory as to why. Go on. I think if you go back to well, let's say this little purple patch we're talking about, eighty nine to ninety one, culture was actually moving so fast, and there was so much new and interesting stuff all the time. There was neither the time nor the energy nor the appetite for going over retrospectively anything. I'm going to leave you with that thought. Mm. 
have a listen to the next track. Um, and Mo, mate, I'm going to have to ask you to stop the tape because I need this shit really badly. That's all right, man. Yeah, go and do what you need to do. Um, I mean, I, I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, since we're talking about fanzines, as was once said in a review of something I've forgotten in Sounds of Death magazine, let's not waste any time with female vocals or keyboard intros. Let's just rip into some complete brutal death. And here is track six, Andromeda Strain. I missed the beginning there, actually, mate. Hang on, let me do it again. I can just cut that bit out. <laughs> it sounds exactly the same. I might, I might, I might as well not bother. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> old shit isn't it doc what's going on it is chaotic but there's there's an order to it which mm. i think is completely thematically appropriate to the song um this is the song wherein the the descent into chaos takes place sure oh well there we go that, that, that answers my question almost doesn't it yeah so um i think at this point in the story um presumably because heaven has been destroyed by satan mm-hmm. um ah. And By who? Age of... Satan. I, I think <laughs> it's Satan. Okay, go on. Yeah, I missed it's... that earlier. Yeah. And yeah. um, um, this chap's still been off communing with the dead and asking them questions. And we presume, because of the influence of Satan, um, a new chaotic war has broken out on the earth. Um, there's, there's, there's some lovely bits of um, intentional whimsy here as well. Uh, there's also some great 12-year-old poetry. Um, so modern warfare of today brings forth a new technology, killing through scientific means, destroy the world with technology, rhyme a word with itself there. Um, now we'll see what is to be inescapability and however they resist the temptation um, to add the line, you, me and you and you and me. At the <laughs> end of that, I have no Or, or R-E-S-P-E-C-T, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's just see how many rhyming couplets we can tag onto the end of, because um, there must be lots. Um, 
cloud masses concentrate and osmosis fills the sky. Uh, I've got a question and, and about that, Doc. I've got a, Doc, I've got a question Sorry. about that. Yes. How does osmosis fill the sky? How is that possible? I don't understand that as a concept. <laughs> well, osmosis, of course, being the apparently counterintuitive way um, in which... Um, stuff can move through a permeable cell wall um, apparently in the opposite direction to which it should. Well, very important for human nutrition, plays no part in climate as far as I know. But we can use it figuratively, can't we, as well? You know, you know for example, I kind of learned French through osmosis. Yes. Yeah, so we can use it figuratively. Uh, but either one of those definitions, I can't see what they're banging on about here. No, I mean, whether it's in biology or figuratively, uh, it means if, if you abut two things against each other... That's it. Um, and this is the counterintuitive part. If you press two things against each other, uh, material will somehow mysteriously flow from one into the other without, without there being a, a purposeful exchange. Um, so, yeah, um, osmosis fills the sky. Um, do you know what I think, mate? It's not a palpable thing, is it? It's, it? it's not tangible. You know, it's a, it's a concept rather than a thing. You know, a flock of birds fills the sky, fine. You know, you learn French to osmosis, fine. Osmosis fills the sky? Go on, Doc, what, what do you think? Well, I've, I've thought about this for hours on end, mm. um, and I think it's because it's a cool-sounding word. And it certainly is, yeah, no, yes. no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, um, but yeah, it makes no sense. Um, there's a great couplet coming up here, and just absolutely out of the blue, not even mentioned before, affected by the gas. Reduce them to <laughs> what? <laughs> what gas? <laughs> I've never heard of any gas. Just, it's just affected by the gas. Reduce them to subhuman. Because we've, we've all seen Return of the Living Dead, haven't we? Yeah, of course we have. Yeah, of course we have. Yeah. The, 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 the so, American army have much to answer for. Yeah. Um, is this an example of, like, um, Joycean modernism, whereby if you, if you drop a reference, it needs no more explanation? Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's reasonable to assume that everybody who listened to this album had seen Return of the Living Dead. We've been talking about this in the last couple of episodes of uh, our other podcast, haven't we? Same old doctor. Um, no, I can't remember the title. Different doctor, same old shit. You know, where, where, where it seems in modern Doctor Who, you don't need to explain anything. It, 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 it just kind of is. And maybe this is a similar kind of thing. Yeah, um, you drop. It's called postmodernism, although mm -hmm. I think it's actually modernism. Um, because I mean, very, very specifically, Ulysses by James Joyce is, is, is full of stuff like this, where he will just drop a reference to something that was in 
parlance and popular culture at the time and doesn't feel the need to explain it. And of course, hundred, almost 100 years on, um, that's very challenging for modern readers to have to go back and research all of these references that were not, would not have been clever, clever at the time. So it's referred to as postmodernism nowadays. And as you said, modern media goes in for seemingly nothing else. Sure. Um, so that it's possible now to make a whole entire television script made up of nothing but nods and winks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you drop some reference to some popular culture artifact. Um, and then the only dialogue you need is to nudge someone in the ribs and go, hey, see what I did there? Ew, what Vader, I Vader, hey, Vader. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's yeah. media media eating itself, basically. And, and talking of which, you know, with the, the, the title of this track, let's press on. I mean, that was absolutely fucking awesome, wasn't it? From Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are they doing? If you want to talk about postmodernism, was that so awesome that it was ludicrous or so ludicrous that it was awesome? Wow. Wow. I'm going You go, Nocturnus. Honestly. Honestly. How dare you? The audacity of it. I just want to hug them. I, 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 I just want. I just want to hug the Gestalt entity that, that is Nocturnus yeah. for making me so fucking happy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the punctuation as well, and I don't know if Nocturnus, the jester, the, the that is Nocturnus, are responsible for this. But you know, <laughs> as I glimpsed that comma, swelled up corpses. No need for a comma there, guys. Infested with comma, comma. radiated insects. I mean, if I'm being really, if I'm being really post-internet, um, now I'm going to say. It is a rhyming couplet that contains a reference to swelled up corpses and radiated insects. Your criticism is irrelevant. You're correct. And you're quite correct. I'm wrong. You're right. I 
asked you earlier if uh, you thought Dimmer Borgia had heard, had heard this album. Do you think Children of Bottom have heard this album by any chance? Um, listeners, you can't see this, but I'm stroking my chin and furrowing my brow as I yeah. ponder this. And I come to conclude, hmm, there's no real evidence, but... Yeah, I mean, just listen to the opening track on Something Wild. bottom album it's this track isn't it <laughs> pretty much pretty much yeah it's absolutely remarkable <laughs> That is, by the way, absolutely brilliant. Mankind's death is close at hand. The world is hanging by a strand. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Bro, it, just... it doesn't stop there. It, the genius doesn't stop there. Um, because not only do we have yet another occurrence of the, the, the recurring theme throughout this mighty concept album, the key to an obliterated land no one seems to understand. I mean, the the, the, the level of lyrics is. It, 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 I mean, it's it, it's laughable, isn't it? Really, but it, but it's so great at the same time. We've had a lot of cause to um, discuss the, the the wonderful guy Smith. It's not like I can't take on difficult literature when I have to, but um, when you have when you're working in a certain milieu a certain level of language works best. Mm -hmm. And this works perfectly. Um, it's a narrative album. Um, it's not... There are people there who are, are... There are people in the world who don't believe I can use this phrase. It's not a poetic masterpiece like a Slayer song. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, so, I mean, whereas Slayer is like your, your Keats and Yeats, and um, it has textual depth, and you can mine illusion and metaphor and allegory and metonymy out of it. Um, this is a crass piece of pulp fiction that has an exciting story to tell. Along with the best pulp fiction writers, there is a beauty and there's something very admirable in the way in which they can just get their story across using very few words of English. 
Yeah, no, you, you, you're quite right. It, 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 it's totally appropriate, I've, and I've got no, I've got no objection to it. But I just find it um, very, very, very entertaining. And maybe that's the point, Doc. Well, maybe it is the point, and I guess we'll never know whether the laughable puerility of it is the point, or mm -hmm. whether that just, whether that's just a bonus that comes along with the rest yeah, of the package. Yeah. Maybe that's just their reading level. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That, was, that was really bitchy. Let's finish the track out. Doc, my least favourite track so far. I didn't really enjoy that one on the, to, to the same level. All, all the tracks to this point have either, have either kind of had groove, a killer riff, some like kick-ass synths. Apart from that children of bottom moment that was in there, and it, I understand it, it. You know, it's a nocturnous moment that children of bottom rip. But, but you, you take my point. Um, yes. Apart from that sequence. I didn't really dig that one. I like the lyrics. Um, you know, kind of. Like, of course, I like the theme because it's all one theme. But yeah, that's the low point so far. And, and of course, that's maybe understandable because it is kind of you know kind of tucked away. Track six, track seven, side two. That's where you. That's where you hide the weaker the, the weaker tracks, isn't it? And we're also we're, we're at a dark place in the story as well. Go on. We're at a very very dark. But you know, this this is this is the 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 pit of the narrative. Yeah. Um, heaven has been destroyed by Satan. Yeah, um, thank you. This chap has been talking to the dead and asking questions. Uh, he hasn't. Um, he hasn't yet realised his ambitions. The world is is being destroyed, and some animals have returned to the sea. Of course. Um, and um, you know now we've got swelled up corpses infested oh. with comma irradiated insects. <laughs> yes, no, um, stop. And, you know, mankind death is close at hand. The world is hanging by a strand. We're in a pretty dark place in the narrative at the moment. You're right. Here is what I think happens in the story between this song and the next one. Um, our hero, um, the chap of the crystal ball, who's been asking questions. Um, and uh, uh, there's, in the director's cut, um, I assume that he does something such as, like, joins the Space Navy and make sure that he's off in the, the fleet that's defending the Earth as the cybernetic crafts approach. <laughs> I think that's, that's in the director's cut. Um, all of those bits have been sort of cut out of the 78-minute the version, which is all we've had on this side of the Atlantic Ocean. So this, this is how I like to imagine it. Mm. And we're going to catch up with that guy in a bit. Um, and then we we move towards the, the, the stirring ending. Sure. Um, and, the, and the title of the next track, of course, you know, brings, bring, brings great hope that we're getting some, in, into something really cool. But what, why is this track called Andromeda Strain? Andromeda Strain is like a known property. Obviously, it's a Michael Crichton book, a bleak stroke film. Now, don't be scared. I'm a doctor. Where am I? 
a special laboratory in Nevada. We brought you here. You're sick. In a true biological crisis, which our exploration of space could bring about, the present lunar receiving laboratory might prove inadequate. I therefore urge the establishment of a facility to deal specifically with an extraterrestrial form of life. Seems to me, General, Dr. Stone put one over on you. In fact, he made us all think his wildfire lab could handle any contamination from outer space. Isolate and identify. Good God. It's no accident. I suspect they were looking for the ultimate biological weapon. You can change everything. They haven't felt the need to refer to any other kind of sci-fi property anywhere else on the album. So why suddenly drop that reference, Doc? That is a very good question. I think it was generally understood in pulp science. The Andromeda Galaxy is the galaxy that's closest to our galaxy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it was always assumed that the aliens were, were going to come from the Andromeda Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, never you mind the fact that the one quadrant of the galaxy that we are in already could easily support tens of thousands of um, planets in the Goldilocks zone. Mm -hmm. um, there's no reason for any science fiction property to ever go outside the, the one quarter of the, the one galaxy that we're in. Um, the idea of building an interstellar spacecraft um, stretches the imagination. The idea of building an intergalactic spacecraft that can travel between island galaxies um, is it's pushing even the bounds of the most speculative science fiction. Because um, in Trek, for example, you know, you've, you've kind of got the Alpha Quadrant, you know, Gamma Quadrant, Delta Quadrant. I presume there's a Beta. I think Beta Quadrant, that, that, that's the Klingons. That's where the yeah, Klingons come from, Klingon. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that is all within our galaxy, isn't it? They're, they're, they're not going to, yeah, everything that happens in Trek is within the Milky Way, isn't it? Yeah, um, because... Um, I think the distance between galaxies is estimated at several thousand galactic diameters. Hang on. Did I just make a mistake? The Milky Way, is that a galaxy or a solar system, Doc? Okay. It's a reference to... It, it's often used to refer to our galaxy. So when you look up in the night sky and you can see the Milky Way, when you can see the, the, the pale band of white that runs right across the middle of the sky, what you're looking at is the... The galaxy is obviously um, a lot like a CD. Mm -hmm. um, it's a flat, round thing. And when you look up at the night sky, you're seeing through it. You're seeing through the, the, the diameter. Um, and that's why it looks pale. And so it, and because it's that colour, it's called the Milky Way. And that is the, I suppose, the most general name for the galaxy that we are in. As so the far galaxy, as current astrophysicists. Just to be clear, Doc. The, the galaxy, we live in we, we live in a solar system, don't we? We, 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 we? Which is the Sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, etc. Yeah, out yes. to well, it used to be Pluto, but I, I, th I think Pluto is being ignored these days, isn't it? For some reason. Yeah, it, it got cancelled. I know. It, Pl it, Pluto should be a fucking racist, should he? Um, I was going to say, I, I think I think Pluto says something disrespectful about a minority and got cancelled. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Talking about talking about something about somebody's Uranus, something like that. Anyway. Um, yeah. And so that's our solar system. But that doesn't have a name, does it? Or at least I've never heard a name for, for ours. I mean, in Trek, it's called 
is it like the, the like the Terran solar system or zero zero one something like that? But yeah, I mean, it doesn't actually have a name, does it? In Doctor Who, it's called Sol, the mm -hmm. solar system. Mm -hmm. um, I've never heard it referred to as having a name in real actual astronomy or astrophysics. Um, and I presume that's because where this is where all the astronomers actually are. Yeah. So, it, yeah, um, so that, and that's why zero zero one, I suppose, you know, that, that's like the, the base point. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Andromeda strain, why? What's the reference? Or is there one? You, I mean, obviously, no. you're referring to the Andromeda galaxy, and I get that. But but why strain? I mean, why, why put that word on the end? Because instantly that, that that makes you think that it's got to be something to do with that. There's got to be some thematic link with that other property. And I don't think there is. Um, no, I mean, there's, there's absolutely nothing about Richard Burton coming back from the dead in this song. No, no, no. There, there, there's no powderized blood, is there? I always massively conflate the Andromeda Strain, the movie, with the Cassandra Crossing. And I think you just, I think you just confused it with the Medusa Strain, Doc, as well. In ancient legend, Medusa was one of the three Gorgon monsters created to do battle with the gods. Anyone looking into the eyes of Medusa was instantly turned to stone. I have a gift for disaster. You seem to have survived it. I don't mean for me. I mean for others. He was found in his flat last night. Dead? Not quite, but he had been badly assaulted. But I assume he'll be all right then? He will never be all right again. I did not set fire to my school. I did not touch the brakes of my father's car. Therefore? Therefore, must be something else. And was there something else? What else could there be? I made it happen. But you couldn't cause an accident miles away. I made that accident happen. Yeah. Didn't you just? Yeah, didn't you just do that? Right. Yeah, the Richard Burton one is the yes, Medusa strain. Yeah, Andromeda strain is the Michael Crichton one about the the astronauts. I think they land back on Earth. They, I, I think. I think if, if my memory is correct, they blasted off. They come back to Earth, and when they're here, they <clears throat> they discover that you know, like the population has been eliminated somehow, and and everybody's blood has been turned to powder, something like that. So uh, there's. There's the vaguest thematic link. Something a bit similar. Uh, mm -hmm. Humanity gets wiped out. Yeah. The Medusa strain is the one Richard Burton, with his beautiful, melodious voice, goes, I am the man with the power to create catastrophe. Uh, yeah. Different film, man. Both brilliant. Yeah. Um, and like I say, I always conflate both of them with the Cassandra Crossing. thousand passengers sealed on a train. Why? Armed guards in spacesuits. Why? It is forbidden to leave the train alive. Why? A thousand human beings on a journey to nowhere with one-way tickets to hell. Um, I don't know that one. Well, that's the one. Um, I always think of it as the ultimate 70s downer science fiction film. Oh, so um, I, really should, I really should know it, shouldn't I? There's a viral outbreak on a train. 
Um, and long story short, the government decides that um, it can't be contained um, and it has to be destroyed and they divert the train through this worn out bridge knowing mm-hmm. that it will crash. Ah, yes. Uh, and the bridge collapses and the train falls into a ravine and burns and everyone dies horribly. The end. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoilers, guys. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, sort of... Um, uh, I always had this idea that uh, some producers, like, met in a room and said, uh, what can we do to make the ultimate downbeat, depressing 70s downer ending grim, gritty science fiction film? Mm-hmm. Um, I want everyone's best ideas on the table right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the most depressing ending to a movie I've ever seen is... Um, Frank Darabont's uh, adaptation of Stephen King's The Mist. Whoa! Mom, Dad, you gotta come see! The butthouse is so bashed, you just gotta... Come, come on! Whoa! Having spoken, the doomsayer departs. Come on! <laughs> Why don't you get Billy dressed? I'll take him into town with him. Hit the store before it gets all bought out. How'd you folks hold up in the storm? Big insurance day. Sorry to hear that. What's going on? It's death. Something in the mist! Shut the doors! Shut the doors! The only way we're going to help ourselves is to seek rescue. Tie this around your waist. Or four. Well, let us know you got at least 300 feet. There's nothing out there. Nothing in the midst. What if you're wrong? Then I guess the chuck would be on me. Oh my god. I, I, I refuse to I refuse to reveal it because you know I want people listening. If you haven't seen it, go and watch that film. But do not do it. If you are in any kind of a dark place, we might have um, a little game between ourselves between now and the end of the album. Try to think of your favourite three, like seventy. They don't have to be from the seventies, but um, I'm using this as a, a genre more than a, uh, a period in time. Your favourite three seventies downer endings to science sure. fiction films. That's a good one, Doc. Should we let's get on with the next track? Um, so. We, 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 you know, narratively, we're, we're, we're in a bad place. Um, everything seems to be going wrong. Um, you know, we've got kind of pestilence and and and, and, dec- and not, not decadence, but kind of squalor and and, and swollen bodies and 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 some kind of <laughs> gas, <laughs> some kind of weird gas apparently has appeared. Radiated <laughs> um, <laughs> insects and the radiated insects. So let's get on with track seven, which is Droid Sector.
the way they're using those sound effects. I don't know if that's a guitar that's kind of being rendered through some kind of processing, but it really does sound like something coming down to land, doesn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. It's really um, great. I think, um, I think it's a synth. I think it's someone yeah. turning, uh, part of it is someone turning the low-frequency oscillator on a synthesizer. Mm. Mm. Um, and then I think you've got some merciless tremolo abuse. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so there's a kind of fusing the two instruments together to give us a great effect. Yes. That's really, really good. I mean, for listeners, the, 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 doc, the doc is absolutely pissing his pants right now. And the reason is because just from time to time out of the blue, we will say to each other, enter the droids. And it's just like a, a private joke between us. And the, the doc is now insensible. <coughs> I don't think he's able to um, continue. Are you back with us, Doc? I am. Um, I'm on the verge of spadging my pants at the moment. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm taking part <laughs> in one of my favourite activities with one of the people I love best in the world, talking about metal on a lazy Tuesday afternoon. Um, and we're discussing one of my favourite albums ever, and one of and my favourite line from one of my favourite <laughs> albums ever has just dropped, and it is the line, enter the droids. Enter the droids. It, 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 it's um, phenomenal. A, a bit of a sad story that I have to preempt now. Um, I intend to delude myself because it turns out I was wrong about a lyric in the very near future. Mm -hmm. Um stick to my version because my version is even better. Alright, here we go. Let's find out. Command, mission, destroy planet three from their sun. That's awesome, Doc. Life do just doesn't get much better than this. No, that's absolutely brilliant. And I, I love the perspective of it. You know, obviously, you know, the, 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 the perspective here is the aliens that are coming to destroy planet three from their planet. That's, uh, Doc, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Which robot <laughs> suddenly disabled the robot? Where the fuck's that come from? <laughs> right. Um, I need to expand a bit here. So our crystal ball guy from track two is obviously 
like in the Space Navy or in part of the Defence Fleet or something now, <laughs> there's an alien craft approaching <laughs> and he snags it using his tractor beam and I presume like pulls it into the, um, uh, the, the landing bay um, on his spaceship or his space station or something and is, is down there like a shot and breaks the space station open. Um, <laughs> For years, and I still favour, I, st I still think my version is best. According to the lyric sheet, the next line is, disable the robot for my own use. Um, I heard this for years and years and years as the evil robot I construct oh, yes. aid in my... <laughs> in fact, you have said that to me many, many times, Doc. I am familiar with that line because it's come out of your mouth literally hundreds of times. <laughs> because, I'm sorry, mine is better. Yeah, Evil right. robot I construct to aid in my escape. Yeah, yeah. So, in any case, uh, presumably through his conversations with the dead, this guy now has a plan and he, he's... Um, disabled or constructed an evil robot um, which is going to help him escape. But what's it going to help him escape from? Let's finish what? the track and find out. Here we go. <laughs> What an episode ending! I mean, what an episode ending! You know, I mean, that, that, that is the magnificent droid sector, Lake of Fire, and then this dock. The, 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 the two stand out, surely. Um, well, I I love every single track on this album. Mm. Uh, this is they're all the bestest. Yeah, but this <laughs> is this, this this is the best one. That's even better than the best one. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, um, and it has a great episode ending too. Um, you imagine there's no way you're going to miss the next episode. The guy's completed his invention, the time machine, 
and he has a moment of self-doubt and he thinks to himself, the only question is, will it function? Only question is, will it function? I mean, the audacity to write that. The, the audacity to write that as, as a lyric is, is astonishing and, uh, and I really, really respect it because that is a true cliffhanger, you know, to, uh, I don't know, that, that's part three, is, you know, part three of a Tom Baker Doctor Who story, isn't it? The only question yes. is, Doctor, will it function? function. You know, absolutely awesome. Should, should we dive straight into the next one? Because I'm, I'm, I am tingling well, with excitement. Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've got a bit of meta-narrative that goes on here. So, um, and... It, it answers the question, will it function? And to answer the question, we have to look at the album cover. And mm -hmm. if you look, at the album cover depicts the evil robot, um, we presume in the time machine. Sure. And in order to make it function, in order for it to function, there's a component that's, that's, that's missing, which the evil robot is about to, to connect in place. Hang on. But could it be the key? Yes! There we go. I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm, pick, I'm picking up the plot. Here we go. I'm go. getting it. I'm getting it, Doc. I'm getting it. Here we go. So we're moving on now to track eight. Brilliantly titled Destroying the Manger. Let's, let's rock. If you're concerned about puddings being over-egged, this is probably the wrong album to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, was so, I was so kind of hyped up and pepped up at the end of the last track. This has kind of brought me kind of... It sucked me back down to earth a little bit, Doc. Get on with it! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nocturnus. <laughs> I'll rewind a sec. <laughs> Get on with it. Get on with it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
thought you'd give me the the old gesture there, Doc. It's all right, my man. It's all right. The, the, I was air. I, I was. I was air fretting along with that descending riff there. The doc was air shredding, and I, I, I thought he was giving me a little secret symbol for, for, for you know, for, for when he wants me to pause so we can have a chat. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, there's some great lines here, aren't there? You know, some some utterly nonsensical and some just really crook. <laughs> that line, chronometer reading zero BC. Oh, fucking yes. That's brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely. That really is. Uh, that, that just gets all of my sci-fi, all of my sci-fi glands, all a quiver. And, of course, unlike modern, like very modern science fiction, this would not be a header display touchscreen chronometer this would be like a big blue or red led yeah yeah the, the, four, four inch four inch high leds um, with and i think probably the letters bc would be you know the way that you used to be able to make le certain basic letters on a calculator keypad sure yeah boobless i think the bank of leds would actually have zero 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 and then some smaller LEDs with the words BC. So mm -hmm. basically a number eight and then a number that isn't actually a number, but the the bottom half of a three. I think yeah, it looked like that. I, did, I like the fact that you you, 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 you pretended that you didn't hear my little silly boobless comment there, Doc. Good on you, sir. You're more mature than I am, and I congratulate you for it. Um, the other line that I wanted to mention was travelling at... Millennium with a question mark afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Travelling at Millennium. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get the idea that these lyrics were very, very hastily scribbled down and the guy wrote, how long can one last travelling at Millennium? And then put a question mark to himself. Like, yeah. is this really good enough? Yeah, exactly. Should I, re should I go back and revisit these lyrics? <laughs> That's right, yeah. It might as well have be underlined or... Like highlighted in red, something like that. Yes, yes. it's absolutely great. Uh, Come on. In a different coloured pen and somebody else's handwriting, a big arrow pointing at it with try harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. In, in modern teaching, we would do that in green, Doc, because if you do it in red, it upsets the poor little mites. So oh, dear, 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 dear. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> now I get it. Suddenly all the pieces are falling into place. That's They're going right. to kill Jesus, Doc. They're going to kill Jesus. Well, specifically, he's going to cause a grandfather paradox. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which is what? For the what is that for the listener that, might, that may not know? Um, so the idea that if you travel back in time and kill your own grandfather, uh -huh. will you cease to have been born and can you therefore not have travelled back in time 
to kill your own grandfather so your grandfather will still be alive and therefore you'll be still still be alive so you can travel back in time to kill your grandfather and that's right that's right and, and as we nerds prefer to call it the john connor paradox Precisely. Because I think, um, as we learned from, um, got to remind myself of the name of this track, um, as we learn in um, BCAD. Mm -hmm. Very interesting use of the verb learn, by the way, Doctor. I applaud you for it, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, through, through, <laughs> careful, study, through careful and diligent study, as we yes, learn. That's right. In BCAD, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> It's the influence of Christianity that's made Earth too weak to stand against the alien invasion. Mm. So it's now necessary to create an evil robot mm -hmm. to travel back in time and kill Jesus um, so that um, Christian culture will never again weaken the world and enable Satan to destroy heaven and the aliens to invade and for radiated insects to come. And some gas to appear. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Quite right, Doc. Yeah, let's see what happens next. <laughs> change that is doc that's awesome die by the sign of the key so i suppose this is the almost like you know there isn't a title track called the key so i suppose in a way this is the title track isn't it because of this this section here yeah it's the closest you get but yeah. I, I think this is the fifth this is the fifth time the key has cropped up in the history of of, of, of heaven and earth yeah. During the course of this album. But, but, but they're kind of really highlighting it here, aren't they? You know, they're really kind of invoking it, you know, they're making it really stand out. And suddenly, you know, this is why we're here. You know, we're going to kill Jesus, the Nazarene in the manger, by the sign of the key, for whatever reason. But, you know, something. I mean, by, the, by the time you get to this point on the album, there's literally so much awesomeness and so much brilliance flying around. Um, it was a brilliant change, but the brilliance is packed into such a density of brilliance at this point, like this close to the end of the second side of the album. Um, yes, it's a great change, but it just has such a hard time being noticed amongst all the other fucking yeah. awesomeness. It's true. I'm going I'm to rewind a touch just so, to get that repetition again. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm just going to pause that, dog. After that line, I'm just going to pause it. Now that I have you in my sights, Nazarene child, pulling the trigger with no reconcile, and then the line, blasting away father, mother, and child. It's, it's, it's uh, fucking brilliant. Isn't it? It's absolutely... Abs hang on. And, and the next line, laughing hysterically all the while. Absolutely. That's my favourite. Awesome. That might be my favourite line in music ever. Wow. That's I'm absolutely brilliant. Um, now that I have you in my sights, Nazarene child, pulling the trigger with no reconcile, blasting away father, mother and child, laughing hysterically all of the while. It's, um, it's inspired, isn't it? It is inspired, isn't it? it, it I mean, call it A-level poetry all you fucking want. Call it juvenile. Call it kind of, you know, unnecess un unnecessary provocation and pathetic, whatever. It's fucking brilliant. And that's all they're interested in. Um, it is all of those things. I mean, it, it's it's so stupidly like right wing tabloid blade baiting yes, blasphemy. Absolutely, uh, um, it's also horrendously puerile poetry. Mm -hmm. Such ridiculous horror image, and, but it just contains so many degrees of awesomeness and brilliance. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I just want this. By the way, I believe is the song they performed on the James Whale radio show. I really, I, I, I tried to look for that, you know, and, 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 and you know, peek behind the curtain, listeners, we, we've recorded this in, in two parts, and so we, we we got the edit done for part one earlier today. Um, I couldn't find it, Doc. Couldn't, could not find it. I, I searched and so could, couldn't find it, unfortunately. Um, well, so it's a great change. There's something else I need to tell you about that appearance as well. Um, which I think says so much about what great good humour James Whale has got. And also, what a strange experience it was for people to hear death metal in those days. When Nocturnus appeared on the James Whale radio show performing, I, I firmly believe this song, it had subtitles. Oh, yeah, well, it, 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 brilliant. And, and quite rightly so. Yeah, just to, just to kind of ram the point home, basically. Yeah, yeah yes. just to offend, offend as, many, as many people as possible. Um, all right. We've got about a minute and a half left. I reckon we just play the track out, Doc. How do you feel about so it? Here we go. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
yeah, just absolutely sensational, Doc. I, I love that. I love that so much. That was absolutely great. Yeah, destroying the manger. Yeah. What can we say, Doc? It's it's just a death metal classic, isn't it? Um, absolutely. And yeah, it's one of those songs that just leaves me with a big stupid grin all over my face, thinking stuff just does not get much better than this. Ever. I, I don't know where the narrative goes from this point, because surely at this point, the story's over, isn't it? So, obviously we've got like, the next oh. track coming up, Empire of the Sands. I, I have no but, idea where the track's going to go next. I don't know whether the time machine works in two directions. Mm. Um, so, I assume the evil robot is now there, like, shortly after... The the the, execu- the the execution or the murder of Jesus, and because the Empire of the Sands, I presume he hides himself in the desert or something like this, um, and works quietly on building his Empire of the Sands. So I mean, now now that heaven has been destroyed by Satan, um, <laughs> by who? And now by Satan. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, Go on, yeah, yeah. Um, so now he's employed the grandfather paradox to. Eliminate Jesus, which means the world will not be weakened by Christian goodwill and the world won't be invaded by aliens. And I don't know what this has to do with Satan's plans for invading. I assume Satan's plans for invading heaven are commensurate with the aliens' plans for invading Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It, it, it totally does, Doc. It totally does. But it's still, you know, you know, to me, I still don't really know where this is going to go because, all right, so you've got this guy... And he's built his robot and, and he's travelled <laughs> through time and he's got a time machine and he's come back and he's killed, he's killed Jesus, but not only Jesus, for some reason he's killed like, his mum and his father and presumably anybody else that was standing nearby. Because <laughs> you've got that line about blasting away, motherfucker. Which <laughs> is just one of the funniest things I've ever read in my life. Um, <laughs> and laughing hysterically. <laughs> laughing wow. hysterically just as I am. And, 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 and now what? Now what? You know, what, what, what's your escape route? I suggest we find out right now. Empire of the Sands. <laughs> with it. Thank <laughs> you. 
was reading that in advance, and I was waiting for that. Erecting radar dishes. <laughs> it's so fucking, it's so old-fashioned sounding, isn't it? It's brilliant. Well, I get the idea that these lyrics are meant to like, create this appalling dystopian imagery of um, how despotic and terrible the Empire of the Sands is going to be. And what's he going to do? Build defence systems and erect radar dishes. Um, Fortress of Steel, I have acquired. Behold the Chosen One, born of fire. Pretty good. Obviously, we were a Slayer podcaster. Born of fire is always a welcome reference. Victorious, oh, death has won, ruler of cruelty, all this stuff. Computer hypnosis, cerebral override. It's all great stuff. And then you just hit that force fields in operation. That's fine. Force fields in operation. That's cool. Erecting radar dishes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, great. That's brilliant. It's I love so... it, Doc. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Here we go. <laughs> Do you want to pause, Doc? Oh, just a second. Uh, because uh, as if erecting radar dishes wasn't sinister and evil and um, dystopian enough, he's now going to go on to map global surface regions, graphing seismic active areas, establishing aerial viewpoints, right. and charting several outposts. Well, it, it, it's Google Maps, isn't it? It's Google Maps. It's absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. In the next verse, in the next verse, we get my singular favourite piece of unintentional mildness and whimsy ever. Testing elements in the ozone, mining useful mineral useful layers, mineral, yeah. Yeah. drilling deep into the core and seeking power from the... So, um, Satan, Oblique Stroke, our hero's evil plan after he's killed Jesus and taken over the world... Um, he's going to launch a geothermal energy project. That's what it sounds like, isn't it? Yes. This all sounds very, very pleasant, actually. You know, yeah. we're going to harness the power of the planet and, and, and put it to use and, and cause no harm effectively. Good for you, Satan. Yeah, I mean, Good for you. He's, he's, he's not talking about just, like, strip mining entire continents. He's made it very, very clear here. He's only mining useful. The useful ones. Lands. Yeah, did he? Yes. Just leave them alone. Yeah, <laughs> the, the useless ones. Leave them. Leave them be. Let, you know, let, let the birds sing. You know, let the squirrels search for their nuts. Let the, let the forests grow. Exactly. Exactly. Doc. Here we go. <laughs> Fucking Dutchman must be the dead in the sand. 
this kind of multitudinous uh, solo section really reminds me of um, from the end of uh, Holy Wars, the Punishment Jew, the you know the the great Megadeth track. <laughs> track on the album and in 1990 i bet you the members of nocturnus were under very serious doubt about whether they'd ever get the chance to make another album ever again sure. yeah you're um, probably right and it's like we're just going to chuck the whole entire fucking kitchen sink into this yeah. last two yeah. minutes of this last song that's an inter- interesting question though, because i do have two other albums one called thresholds which is 92 so two years later and then they came back with something called Ethereal Tomb in 1999. Have you ever have you have you ever heard those two? No. Um, I think that isn't there a really late one, like one that was recorded and then canned and then came out in about 1999, like um, 2009 or something like that. No, I mean not according to Encyclopedia Metallum, the, the, their last release. Um, other than there's a couple of compilations, but no, the, the last kind of full length was 1999 Ethereal 2. Right. Um, I remember they had an EP or possibly a single, the title of which caused unbelievable amounts of amusement to you and Metal John on one occasion because it was called Mummification. Mummification. No, no, no. It, it's not here, Doc. That, that, that must be a different band. I've got, I've got the whole kind of discography in front of me. That must be a different band, Doc. Um, Should we just play it out now to the end? Get this done. Thank <laughs> you.
there we go, guys. That is the end of The Key by Nocturnus. Um, I think we just kind of had to get that out of our system, didn't we, Doc? Uh, are you suggesting that it's out of my system now? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not saying there should be a moratorium on, mention, on, on mentions <laughs> of it, but at the same time, you know, we, you know, we've, we, 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 we've kind of done it now, you know? Um, I don't think we've ever actually listened to that album together before. No, I don't think we have. I don't think we have. I, I thought that just occurred to me. You know, we kind of do our album overview and then cover special... <laughs> after, after, I think we should do. We should do. Pick, just pick an album and, and do another one of those at the end of each, at the end of each album phase, basically. Oh, I thought you were going to say like now we've listened to the key. I thought we should do an episode with just an album overview of the key. Um, <laughs> I do an episode which is other bands covering songs from the key by Nocturnus. The thing is, though, you know, I, did, I, did, I haven't looked, but I, I can't imagine many bands are brave enough to attempt a cover of Nocturnus, are they? Probably not. So that might just mean we might have to end up listening to the key by Nocturnus. Yeah, again. that's right. Yeah. No, no, no. But um, what I'm saying is at the end of each album, so, you know, obviously, we, we, you know, we're about to embark on Seasons in the Abyss. At the end of Seasons in the Abyss, we're going to do the album overview, and then we're going to do a cover special, and then we pick a different album and do what we've yeah. done today, basically. Definitely. What do you reckon, Doc? That's an excellent idea. Do you my, have any ideas? Well, it'd be my pick I'm next. And, but, but I think we keep it like a surprise from the audience each time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, definitely. I love this album. Yeah, I, I do too. I love it from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, I suppose this is the album wherein I learned how much fun death metal could be. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's impossible to take seriously, isn't it? Uh, unless, you're, unless you're a total fucking moron, you know? <laughs> um, no, you, you can't take it seriously in terms of... It expecting to get any particular meaning from the lyrics um it's a concept album um about an occult nerd who creates a cyborg robot thing to go back in time and kill jesus so that he can invent iceland that's right <laughs> there we go yeah absolutely yes just like, just like a, a geothermal place of beautification for the planet yeah, with radar dishes. Absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. So Iceland coupled with spearhead from space. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, precisely. And it, it's along with most of the things I enjoy most in the world. It is almost impossible to take seriously. Yeah. Um, but simultaneously, there's so much effort and there's so much love and there's so much genuine skill and attention to detail. This is not a thing that winks at itself. It's not parodical. It's not comedy. Mm -hmm. um, it's done by a bunch of people who absolutely, absolutely believed in what they were doing and believed that it deserved every atom of skill and ability and time and attention that they could afford to put into it. Mm -hmm. And my God, they can play. They really can. Jesus Christ. It, 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 it is... Absolutely inhuman at times. Um, and there's all of that stuff. And it's just got such heart. Yeah. Um, it's a thing that's just so very, very easy to love. 
Doc, um, and I've absolutely loved it. Anything desperately important you need to get off your chest? Because I'll be honest with you, Doc, I need to get out of here. That's absolutely understandable. Yeah. Um, all I can say is, and this includes you at home, thank you for indulging me. Yeah, indulging us, really. You know, I, I, was as, I was as culpable as the doc. So, you know, don't just blame the liquescent one. You know, that, that was fun for both of us. <laughs> I, I really, really, really enjoyed that. And, yeah, it, 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 it has inspired me to, to think that we should do it at the end of each album cycle. Um, and, and, you know, and we've still got how many albums to go? Maybe eight? seven or eight Slayer albums to go. So that's, you know, that's seven albums that we can do, deliver the same treatment to. Of course, you know, it is super self-indulgent. I think this episode's going to clock in at like two and a half hours, which is ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, you know, n- nobody's got a gun to anybody's fucking head forcing them to listen. So we, we can just do what we fucking want, can't we, mate? You know? Um, Doc, it's been an absolute pleasure. Listeners, we will be back next week with regular schedule broadcasting um, with um, War Ensemble, I believe, Doc. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. I can't oh, yeah. wait to get into Seasons in the Abyss. And I'll tell you why, and I don't mind this as a spoiler, I think it's my favourite Slayer album, but we've been surprised by the stats before, haven't we? We certainly have. We certainly have. So next week, guys, War Ensemble, until then, Keep it fucking metal. By the sign of the key.